But hey, the following podcast was made exclusively for the Millitime Media Podcast Network. You can find our podcast channel exclusively on your favorite podcasting platform by searching Millitime Media. And if you do not find it, well, you can either go to anchor.fm slash Media, or you can send an email to onair at hitsza.com and let us know what platform you would like our podcast to feature. Please enjoy this podcast and you can send any feedback to onair at hitsza.com. That's onair at hitsza.com. Thanks again. Pertinent Influence. Hi everybody, I'm Tobega Felicia and welcome to The Pertinent Influence, your go-to commentary podcast to understand societal issues that target South Africa and abroad, whether it be politics, religion, pop culture and basically any and all things that play an influence in our daily lives. This will also be an opportunity to get to interact with you as my listeners and to get to understand your viewpoints on matters that concern us because I truly believe everybody has a story to tell and each story is accompanied with some form of truth. Now before we dive in, remember you can find me on my personal Facebook profile at Tobega Felicia, my Facebook page The Pertinent Influence and on my website blog thepertinentinfluence.com. So in today's episode, I will be discussing about human trafficking and modern slavery, one of the biggest social issues out there. And the reason why I chose to dedicate an episode about this is because this is an issue I'm really passionate about and I hold dear to my heart, as many of you might have noticed in the past few days. Now to give a legal definition of human trafficking, according to the United Nations, Trafficking in persons shall mean the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of persons by means of the threat or use of force or other forms of coercion, of abduction, of fraud, of deception, of the abuse of power, or of a position of vulnerability, or of the giving or receiving of persons. Now, The reason why I'm giving a legal definition of human trafficking is because I'm trying to illustrate something which I'm about to prove through a point. And that point is the fact that trafficking or rather modern slavery is something that people are not aware about. There's a misconception particularly within the African context, where people assume that Africans, whether the African is based in Congo or in Ivory Coast, that if the African flees their country to go to European countries for greener pastures, that somehow we should be blaming the African for jumping into slavery as though slavery is something that people, as if, say, as if slavery is something that people ask for. And 
what people don't understand is that traffickers usually go to communities filled with poverty and they promise the African that they will give him a job or an educational opportunity. The person or the African then flees their country and they go to Europe and that is how they get enslaved by the very same citizens of which they were initially promised by. And one of my, one of the biggest issues that I have is that people assume that just because the African crossed or reached Europe, that somehow this did not involve any form of deception or coercion. A person can be coerced into slavery. A person can be deceived into slavery. Slavery isn't just about what we see in the movies of people getting chained like animals or people being physically and literally being uh, being abducted. It can also take in the shape of coercion or in the in the shape of fraud or in this in the shape of deception. And so this is where as human beings we need to stop judging people and we need to stop assuming people's circumstances and condemning them for actions that they could not control themselves we need to stop victim blaming we need to stop victim shaming and we need to start supporting our victims instead of alienating them and making them feel bad for circumstances that they didn't produce for themselves in the past few days, I reached out to a notable human trafficking expert by the name of Matthew Friedman, and he is based in Hong Kong. And the reason for reaching out in the first place is because I needed his advice about my journey towards advocating for those trapped in modern slavery. About three years ago, I had drafted an extensive proposal aimed to provide rehabilitative resources for male victims of trafficking here in South Africa and despite getting support I found myself still being stuck and not knowing how to proceed with all the work I've put together on paper. First of all I truly believe in the power of networks and I say this as an individual who aspires to be a human rights lawyer, that I really do believe in the power of networks and building relationships with people who are much more equipped than you as the person who seeks guidance. I usually encourage the youth in my age category, especially to not shun opportunities that involve networking because your networks will determine the success that you desire in future. Additionally, it's really nice to be surrounded by people that you share common interests with and people who will be able to push you to greatness whilst you do the same in return. Anyways, Matt and I spoke the past Thursday, which was on the 19th, through video call and I was so immensely overwhelmed with emotion 
due to the discussion surrounding trafficking because I could tell in his eyes that despite him being an expert himself, he can't really get used to the idea of people being harmed in such a vile and barbaric manner. And what I found interesting about his discussion is when he explained his journey of how he became an expert in this particular field. He told me that he never thought he would find himself traveling towards the road of activism because he always he always envisioned himself being a normal person, graduating from university, finding a good job and just living his life in happiness. And he said that he never really thought that activism was his type of um, ambition. In fact, he tried really hard to stay away from engaging in activism. And so how he got into being an expert of human trafficking is that 25 years ago, when he was living and working in Nepal, as a public health officer. His duty was to collaborate with certain NGOs and entities and the government to address diseases that were affecting the Nepalese community. And so what was happening was that most of the girls ranging from 11 to 17 years of age were affected with HIV AIDS and Considering how traditionally conservative the Nepalese society is, a health phenomena such as HIV AIDS is regarded as being abnormal. And so Matthew and his colleagues assumed that perhaps the reason why there was a high infection of HIV AIDS between the girls was maybe because of a a blood transfusion gone wrong, since it is so abnormal for a society as conservative as Nepal to have a rate that high. And so when Matthew and his colleagues proceeded to interview the girls, almost all the girls shared a very scary and similar story amongst each other. It turned out that majority of these girls were forced and tricked my and tricked by men who eventually sold them into the sex trade industry in neighboring countries of Nepal such as India now the usual story would go like this most of the girls in Nepal were sold promises of marriage and money and so what would happen is that a guy who would usually be in his early to mid 20s, he would go around flashing money to the girl and her family. And the girl would obviously be impressed because she has now internalized the idea that perhaps this man will be her freedom from poverty. And the girl's family would also be happy because they realized that this is the right man for their daughter. And so the family would give permission for the man to have the daughter's hand in marriage. 
And so the girl and the man would get married. And thereafter, after getting married, the, 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 the guy would run away with the girl to another city in Nepal. And the girl would not be familiar that she's getting trafficked because she is obviously assuming that her husband is trustworthy. And so she runs away with this man. And this man then drops her off at a brothel. Now, this girl is obviously confused as to why her husband is dropping her off to a brothel. But she doesn't question it because she trusts him. And so what this man would do is that he would then call the brothel owner. And the brothel owner would then give this man money, $600 or above, for this girl. And thereafter, this man would escape and he would leave the girl at the brothel without saying anything to her. The owner of the brothel will then go to the girl and then he, he or she, because owners of the brothel are not just um, male dominated, a female can own a brothel. And so he or she would go to the girl and tell the girl that, hey, you've just been sold by your own husband or a man you presumed was your own husband. And from now on, you're going to work with me and you are going to sleep with 30, 50 or 60 men per day. The girl will obviously refuse. And because she refuses, the owner would then proceed to call professional rapists. And these professional rapists would beat the girl up and they would rape her to the point where the victim becomes desensitized of sex and she will no longer fight it off. I know this may sound like a very traumatic story for many of you and I'm sorry to be sharing this with you guys but this is the reality of human trafficking. Now this is not unique to Nepal alone because it happens everywhere including South Africa in fact, South Africa is the hotspot for human trafficking. And this is basically where cities like Cape Town, Johannesburg are known as a base for syndicates of human trafficking. In fact, South Africa is considered a tier two country for human trafficking. Now, in terms of the human trafficking index globally, there are three tiers and these tiers represent the levels of ongoing trafficking happening in a specific country. Tier one represents countries whose governments comply with the minimum standards of the Human Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Tier two represents countries who do not comply to the minimum standards of the act, but they are making efforts to bring themselves to compliance. And tier three are countries who do not comply and are not making the effort to be of compliance. Now, South Africa is considered a tier two country, which means that we do, um, we, we don't comply to the minimum standards of the act. However, we are making efforts to comply to the standards of the Human Trafficking Victim, 
Victims Protection Act. So in simple terms, we are just not doing enough to eliminate the to eliminate the criminalities of human trafficking. Now, human trafficking as a general criminality is considered an organized crime, meaning it's a crime that is predominantly carried out on a large scale basis and it involves extremely powerful groups of networks. What people don't understand is that it wouldn't be far-fetched to believe that some of our politicians, some of our lawyers, some of our businessmen and women, some of our diplomats are involved in trafficking. And because of this, the crime itself can be so hard to detect due to the complexities surrounding it. It's a it's a $150 billion industry, a $150 billion industry with around 40 million slaves around the world. Now, since it generates so much income as an industry, obviously it attracts influential and powerful people within our political and other streams of influential platforms. Out of that $150 billion, $99 billion comes from commercial sexual exploitation, meaning, meaning that sex slavery is probably one of the most common categorical versions of human trafficking. Because remember, human trafficking is broken down into categories. You get human trafficking in the forms of forced labor. You get human trafficking in the forms of um, of, of the sex industry. Then you get human trafficking in the forms of child trafficking. So trafficking in itself is broken down into categories. And sex and the sex industry happens to be one of the most categorical categorical versions of human trafficking that are gathering that are gathering the most um, um, the most income now 71% of enslaved individuals are women and girls whilst 29% make up men and boys globally now the reason why I personally chose to focus on men and boys in my report that I drafted three years ago is because male victims tend to be neglected in programs that are subsequently meant to cater for the welfare of trafficking victims. Most of the times the programs that are catered for human trafficking victims are aimed at women and girls. Now, excuse me. Now, this is not to say that um, girls and women who are victims of human trafficking are not deserving of their own programs. This is to say that by neglecting men and boys who, who are also victims, we are ultimately enforcing the cycle which sees young boys who have been victimized become the very same enemy we are trying to destroy in society. They eventually become perpetrators. I was actually speaking to a Canadian friend of mine not so long ago 
and he is an expert on conflict stability and preventative counter-extremism. And he also runs an organization or an initiative known as the Lost Boys of the 21st Century. And what he basically mentioned to me was that many of the clinics here, many of the clinics he approached in the hopes to accommodate the male victims he had who were subjected to war conflict, those clinics blatantly stated that they couldn't help those boys because they don't have programs catering for the male gender. Now, obviously, this is a real problem because if a clinic is able to dismiss the victimhood of a boy child, then where does the boy child expect to get healing from? Where do they where do they expect to get rehabilitation from the from the psychological effects of being a victim of war and conflict or of being a victim of human trafficking? So that is why it's really important not to be biased when it comes to social justice issues, but rather take a centered approach as people that is non-biased, which will be in the benefit of the victims we aim to serve. With that being said, I tried by all means to not dwell on the negative effects of human trafficking because I've already done so on my Facebook. You guys are more than welcome to check out my Facebook at Tobega Felicia where I talk about human trafficking and I give a few um, victim-based stories of how severe human trafficking can have on a person's mentality, their bodies and otherwise. And so there are so many ways we as people can intervene or target the social ill and this starts with raising awareness number one raising awareness on social media and our communities is important and it's important because awareness brings about a reality or it establishes information that people may not have been aware of previously and what I find is that a lot of people get surprised with the stories I tell about human trafficking because they are not aware that it's happening, but they're not aware that there's information of it happening. And so raising awareness really gets people to understand the severities of the social ill. And by knowing what, what's happening in our world, you are then able to comprehend how you can contribute to diminishing the, the social ill in our society. This then brings me to volunteering in organizations. There's a lot of anti-human trafficking organizations in South Africa. I can name a few, such as the A21 organization, which is based in Cape Town, and they are a really good entity. And then there's also the National Freedom Network. The National Freedom Network were actually the people who helped me uh, review my proposal, and they gave me very helpful critique and uh, hints and tips on how I can improve it. And then there's also organizations such as the Red Light Anti-Trafficking, which is also in South Africa as well. And the list goes on. There's a lot of trafficking organizations in South Africa, anti-trafficking organizations in South Africa. And it's all just literally with a click of a button, 
researching and getting to understand what they do and what makes them different. Another thing as well that you can do to prevent human trafficking is to report a tip anonymously if you suspect any illegal activity or dodgy activity happening in your community or your surrounding uh, region. So there is the South African National Human Trafficking Hotline in South Africa, and it's operated by the A21 organization in partnership with other service providers. Their number is 0800 double, uh, sorry, 0800 triple triple two triple seven so it's 0800 triple two triple seven that's the south african human trafficking hotline and you are more than welcome to call them anytime at any day because they are a 24-hour entity and you are more than welcome to ask them questions you are more than welcome to um, offer your services of volunteering with them you are more than welcome to drop off an anonymous tip um that will signal any suspicious activity happening around the area where you live. With everything going on in the world, um, it's really important that we as people become aware of these types of social injustices happening. And it's really important that we become supportive of each other because we need to support each other. Otherwise, we will find ourselves having to basically disappoint our children and allowing them to enter a society a society that is so disturbed and so perverted and so harmful that it's literally to a point of no return so with that being said i will be doing more segments of social justice issues happening around the country and the world um, just because I'm passionate about human trafficking, it doesn't mean I won't talk about issues such as poverty or hunger or mental health and, you know, everything that's happening in the world. And I really hope that we as South Africans become more aware and more alert of what's happening so that we are able to come out with solutions that will make a difference in people's lives. On that note, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you're, noti- so you're notified when a new episode is uploaded. Rave and review this podcast and share it with your friends, your family, your insurance brokers, your neighbors, your pets. <laughs> you know what I mean. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you leave with a little something to think about, even if it differs from your usual narratives. I love you all and tune in next time. Remember, your truth matters.